Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope as you listen to this message that you will encounter God's transforming presence. As Rita comes forward, can we just give a great big round of applause and honouring for Rita? husband you know sometimes he he says I know he says stuff and then um, he looks at me and go when I told that person that joke they laughed and you're not laughing (laughs) you know so um I do my best thank you thank you very much um shall we pray yeah father we thank you so much Our hearts are filled with praise and gratitude and thanks because you are a good God. Father, you don't owe us anything, but you choose to come into our presence and you abide. And when you come, you do not leave with us with nothing. You bless us, you honor us, you shower us, you heal us. And so we want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for this morning. And Lord, I pray that as I speak today, that your daughters and your sons, your prince and your princesses will only hear you speak to them. Father, I thank you that you know each one of us. And Father, we're not here by accident. We're here by divine appointment. And so we trust you, Jesus. Would you do what only you can do this morning? We give you this time and say, speak to our hearts. Our hearts are ready. Our minds are alert to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good to see you all. It's absolute joy. You know, when my husband did that introduction and he talked about, you know, the title is actually, I believe in a life of Thanksgiving. (laughs) So I think he gave the wrong title there, but it's all Thanksgiving, which is great. And um, I live and breathe this. But can I make a confession? I was not born like that. It was an active choice because I realized once upon a time that I can decide to focus on negative things and then just get weighed down and bogged down and tired and stressed and anxious and depressed or I can choose to focus on the positives. Now the truth is Human beings, we have this negativity bias. So it doesn't matter what happens in life, even if we have 98% positive and there's 2% positive and negative, when I see you and I go, how are you? You are going to be keen to tell me the things that are not going too good. And, and that's where our focus goes on. And then ultimately you become what you focus on. So when you're focusing on the negative, guess what? You're going to be weighed down. But if you focus on the positive, then you know that 
because of that positive thinking and feeling and seeing the good of the positives, then things are going to turn out. doesn't matter where you are. You know, so when I talk about positive thinking, when I talk about a life of thanksgiving, I'm not saying looking at the fire in the corner and say, Rita says, think positive. So you're going to stick your fingers in the fire. Can I tell you, you're going to burn. Doesn't matter how positive you think about putting your finger in the fire. But if you think about the positive of that fire giving you heat, then whatever the negative is, you have the strength to be able to overcome it because you know the same strength that God gave you in that positive moment, he can give you when you are down. The title is, I believe in a life of thanksgiving. I believe in a life of thanksgiving. All we have done today, this morning, has been thanking and worshipping and focusing on Jesus. I believe in the power of thanksgiving. You know, and I have never, ever seen so many research done in, in this area of gratitude and thanksgiving. And I was reading so much because I'm a scientist. So I love when I've read scripture to go into the, the, the research. And these, the research that has been done out there, I promise you, it's not two by four. They have taken thousands and thousands of people and done this experiment on them. And guess what? After years and after thousands and millions of pounds probably spent on this research, the answer is in the word of God. It's free. And that's why we need to know this. Because it doesn't matter what we're going through, this is what's going to pull us out. You know, some of the research that I found, if I said to you, I read it in the Daily Mail or in the Sun newspaper or whatever newspaper it was, there are so many people who are going to just have, give me all ears. But whenever I say, this is what the Word of God says, I wonder how many would be giving me the same ear and listening so today we're going to talk about how we can put this into practice. So when we leave this place, we'll be able to reap the benefits of living this lifestyle. And I want to start by reading scripture. There's so many scriptures. So Father, I pray that you would just lead me to just the right one that I need to share. Because you know us. You know, the Bible is full of scriptures Scripture encourages us to, to live a constant heart attitude of thanksgiving, gratitude, and appreciation. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible wants us to do. You know, in Ephesians 5, 19 to 20, the Bible talks about speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. It's very important where the music comes from. We sing and make music from the heart. This is why our heart is so important. Okay. And then it says 20, always say with me, always. I love the word always. Sometimes we use the word always wrongly. You know, when somebody does something wrong to you, maybe once, twice, three times, sometimes we can say, she always does that to me. And I'm like, that's not true. 
I'd say, tell me how many times. Oh, she did it one time, two times, three times. And I go, that's not always. She's done it three times. And when we use the word always, it exaggerates and it makes it hurt even more. Even when the person has only looked away three times, it feels like she always does it. Now, be careful when you use the word always and never and nobody. Here's what scripture says. Ephesians 5.20. Always, say with me, always. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always. Always giving thanks. We want to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And I'm going to read some hundred. I haven't given the, any of the, um, the scriptures to, to the team because I wasn't sure which ones I was going to use. So as I'm kind of talking, I'm listening and I'd, I'd use the right one. If it doesn't come up, don't worry because I'm going to read it out to you. If you're taking notes, <laughs> if you're taking notes, just write them down because I think it'd be really great to go through them afterwards as well and just maybe read them in your own time. Now, I love the message uh, version of the Bible. It's like a paraphrase. Listen to what Psalm 100 says. We've done a little bit of that this morning, but I like to repeat. I like to read. I like to just go straight to the word so that it brings meaning to everything that we've been doing because there's been so much meaning to the, what the worship team have done with us this morning. Psalm 100 in the message, it says, On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Anybody can do that? Yes. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this. God is God and God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. All right. We got that. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Listen to verse 4. I love this. It says, enter with the password. Thank you. Come on. Enter with the password. Thank you. I don't know what your password is. What access you've got into your, whatever, your emails or your Facebook. Enter with the password. Thank you. We want to enter in with thank you. So when you're coming into church, don't wait till somebody comes in the front and what has the Lord done for you this week? Have a little think. No, no, no. You're coming straight into his presence. And so you've got to get your thank yous ready. Come on, as a church, we want to be a grateful people. We want to be people with a heart full of gratitude. Now it says, once you've entered into his presence, it says, make yourself at home. Talking praise. Because now we've entered with thank you, Lord. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for everything. It doesn't matter. And can I make a confession, guys? Because this is family, so I can tell you. I have had one of the most difficult weeks, just this week, gone right? But I'm sure that my boys will probably go, really, mama? Because the only thing that's kept me out of this difficult week is focusing on the positive, focusing on thanking God for all the things that he has done for me. You know, and recently, 
you know, a few months ago, in May, not long, my dad died. And I, and I love my papa. He was just like an incredible mentor and friend and everything. Amazing father. And he died and I was so, so broken and I miss him. And then it was the first, I think that's the first proper death close person to me that has, so I just didn't even know how I was going to maneuver it. It hit me so hard. I remember coming out of Heathrow because he died. He was in Ghana when he died. So coming out of Heathrow when I came out of plane and, and then I started to cry. I was like, when I was going, I had a papa. Now I haven't got a papa and I was crying all the way. I don't know who was looking at me, you know, as I was walking through the plane, uh, coming out to passport control. But I cried myself until I got to the place where I had to, I just wiped my tears up and tapped my passport and just got myself back in. It hurts. And I remember in those moments of really grieving, I thought, huh, I know what it feels like when people get depressed. Man, it hurts. Now, how did I not get depressed? Because I started to thank God for an incredible papa. I started to thank God that he got to meet my husband and he gave me away on our wedding day when he said to my husband, look after my princess. I, uh, yeah, I miss him and I love him. And, I, and I, I thank the Lord that he got to know our kids, our boys, every time they got near granddad. It was like granddad would speak truth into, thank you. I needed that. Thank you. I am so thankful that for this amazing family. You know, before my dad died, in the prayer... David saw a vision of my father because we were praying that he'll be healed. Of course, I wanted him to be healed. He was 83, but I wanted him to live. He believed he was going to live to 120, by the way. And so we were just praying and believing that he'll be healed. But then David saw a vision of my dad being received into heaven. Uh, and um, that, how many of you know that's a hard vision when you're praying for somebody to be healed? But during the worship, where's David? Give us a wave. Ah, he's in the back. <laughs> you know, I thank the Lord for him. I thank the Lord for, for the prophetic in this house. I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for all of you. I thank the Lord. I'm going to be chopping and changing. Take me back to that story a bit later. I thank the Lord for Sam and for Gary. I remember the last three weeks I hadn't seen them. And then I just missed them. And then I was thankful for when they're here. You know, because it's so easy to just, when you open the door and somebody opens the door for you and you go, thank you. <laughs> Have a little pause. What are you thanking for? What are you thankful for? Have a little pause and think. Because, you know, we say thank you all the time. It just rolls off our tongue. 
You know, I've got a son. He's just like, if you don't say thank you and please, you're doomed because you don't get stuff done. And I mean, serious. He says to me, oh, well, dad, he didn't say please or thank you. He's not getting that done. I'm like, what? He's your father. He went, no, that's my principle. (laughs) But you know, we say thank you all the time. The next time James lets you in and and the welcome team just... You walk in and they welcome you and you say thank you. Will you pause and say, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the ladies who wake up early to come in here and put the chairs together. I'm thankful because David got the courage Because we're family to come and tap my husband by the side and say to him, I just got a vision of your father-in-law, Jesus receiving him in heaven. Because he needed it when dad passed and I was in Ghana and he was here. When I rang him up and he was wailing and crying and my son was crying. He needed it because in the middle of his cold trial, on his lunch break, he went for a little walk. And the Holy Spirit reminded him of the vision that David saw. And so that put a smile on his face because he knew that Papa was in heaven. I am so thankful for the friends that were praying, for Sam, for Gary, for Stu, for Claude, for Timmy, for Falaki. I am so thankful for this incredible family. And if you're not feeling this, I want you to begin to tap into it because we're an amazing church. How many of you are missing Stu and Chloe in the front? But you know, sometimes we can take things for granted because when they were here preaching, how many times were you truly thankful for them? Here's the thing. When your washing machine breaks... And the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5 A's, in all things give thanks. And your car has just broken down. Rita, how do you give thanks when you're going to be late for work and your boss who doesn't even understand anything is just going to have a go at you? Well, scripture says in all things. It doesn't say for what has just happened. Was I thankful that my papa died? No. I want him here. I want him with me. But in it, I gave thanks because that's what took me out of depression. I gave thanks that he spent time with my husband and ministered to him. I gave thanks because he spent time with my children and ministered to him. I gave thanks because of how long he lived. I gave thanks because when he was ill... And I got the phone call and I booked my flight a week in advance. And then my brother said to me, I'll come now if I were you. I gave thanks because on the plane I said, Lord, keep him alive. Keep him alive till I get there. And guess what? Even when he wasn't talking and I got there, I thought, he loves blueberries, my father. And so I bought some blueberries and I remember sitting with him in his last few days. And when he wasn't eating, I said, Daddy, 
blueberries, you love them. And he would eat them and then he would drink them and I was sitting there with a smile off my face. So when I was in that sad moment, I gave thanks that he ate when I was there. I gave thanks that he, he, I was able to pray with him every morning. I used to have Bible Gateway. I put it on repeat. And so I'd be sitting next to him and we'll be playing. And, and if it goes quiet, he says to me, why has that stopped? I'm like, yes, he's listening. His spirit is alive. He loves Jesus. I gave thanks. There was so much to thank God for. There was no way I was going to sit in depression because I was going to focus on the goodness of God. And I was going to focus on how good he is. And so in all things, I was able to give thanks. Not for what had happened, but during it. Will you do the same family? Would we be a church that when we have not seen, you know, people that were missing, we go, I'm grateful that they did what they did. I'm grateful for the word they spoke that changed my life. I want this to be the most practical message that you will take with you and then you will put into practice and you will see things shift. Because part of giving thanks and having that lifestyle is so much healing to the body. It's so much healing. Here's what, let me just run through a few examples. Just a few. I mean, scripture's full of them, but just a few. I need this. (laughs) Once you go past 40, you just... Not making any confession. (laughs) Right, okay. We're going to go pretty fast on the scriptures, okay? Here are some benefits of living a life of thanksgiving. Just a few benefits, okay? Gratitude glorifies God. Now, I love this first one. I've got about six or seven. I think just for this alone would give us reason to thank God. Because our gratitude glorifies God. God is exalted, you know, because we're looking at the giver, not the gift. We're grateful for him, for who he is, not because he provided a warm home for us to stay in. When we're grateful, everything shifts to the giver and not the gift. Now, the verse for that is 2 Corinthians 4, 15. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. So our gratefulness, our thanksgiving glorifies God. Second one, gratitude helps us to see God. Because when we're grateful, our spiritual eyes is open. You know, and there's this beautiful cycle of just thanking God and walking with him and looking closer to him. You know, so gratitude helps us to sense his presence. Like we said, you know, Psalm 100. I've just read in, 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 the, in the message version. Now, I don't think I finished it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we go to the next one. So this is James 1, 16 to 17. Do not be deceived, my, br- my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of of the heavenly lights, okay? Gratitude puts that squarely in God's will. Now, here's the thing. 
We often make God's will out as some big mystical thing. <gasps> I just want to be in his will. God's will. That's Christianese. What does it even mean? Oh, I just want to be in his will. I just will. Yeah, hallelujah. Just be in his will. What does that even mean? Well, read this one with me. I've just shared it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in all circumstances here. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's simple obedience. It's nothing mythical, right? Mystical, sorry. And part of his will for us is to be thankful, not just for the sunny days, but on the hard ones too. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, gratitude brings us peace. How many times have you been lying in your bed trying to sleep and you just cannot sleep? And have you heard the expression, counting sheep? Okay, can we try this? How about we start to count our blessings? Because that's a powerful one. So instead of counting sheep, we start to count our blessings. Yeah, come on. Now, I'm not telling you stuff I don't do. I do this and I know it works. It's so much better than any anxiety pill you could take. I'm not trivializing it because anxiety is fear. When the enemy comes in with all the lies and you go back with the truth, you see things shift. You know, I'm lying in bed and my head is going all over the place. So many things. (laughs) And the shift comes when I shift my focus. Honestly, I wake up and I'm like, oh, where was I? I'm gone. Dreamland. Just try this. Please. You know, it's not just the hearers of the word, but the doers. I want us to be a church where we're coming in and we're high-fiving each other and going, did that work? Yeah, and guess what? If you try it the first time, it doesn't work. It's okay. You try it again and again and again. Because you have to remember that it took you years of negative thinking and shifting. So you can't just say after one preach, you know, you've gone and tried it and it didn't work. No, no, no. Let's give it a few more goes because we can rewire our brains. We can literally get this going. Now, gratitude. Amen. I love it. (laughs) Gratitude draws us to God. Now, how many, and this I love because in in the prayer, uh, pre-service prayer, Timmy used that as part of his prayer. And I remember my spirit going, that's one I need to say then, because I've been praying to God, (laughs) which ones to, to use. And you know, this is Luke 17. 10, the Bible says, 10 lepers came to Jesus. 10, crying out for healing. Heal us, heal us, heal us. So Jesus says, go off. Told them what to do. All 10, all 10 got healed. All 10. See, gratitude draws us to God. Only one came back. Because he had a heart of thankfulness. He came back and said, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Every time we're saying thank you, we're getting closer to him because we've got to get close to him to say thank you. 
So gratitude draws us closer to Jesus. Come on, church. Do we want to be a people who are full of thanks? And then gratitude brings us contentment. This is a big one. You know, you hear the word contentment. Some people are so content. You know, sometimes my husband will say, your mama, he says to the kids, your mama will just stay in the same place, you know, forever and ever if you just let her. I am just the most contented person. You know, sometimes we're going on holiday and they're all excited what they're going to do. Yeah, we're going to go here, we're going to go here. Mommy, what are you going to do? Oh, but I'm just happy we're just having the four of you, us in one room, just having our dinner and afterwards playing some Uno. Like, seriously, I'm so content. I mean, yesterday I caught myself. They were just, I think a couple of days ago, we just all in one room and I just looked around and I'm like, huh, my heart is so full. I got them all here. I don't care what they were doing. Whether one was watching TV, one was playing on his phone, one, nobody was talking to me. I was just content. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful place to be in life, contentment. Who wants to be content? Amen. Now, First Timothy 6, uh, 6 to 8. Just, I'm going to hit on contentment. How are we doing? Good. 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10 says, But godliness, that's a God-centered life, with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and we cannot take anything out of this world. Contentment is finding joy in what God has given us. What's the opposite of contentment? Greed. We can't even enjoy what God is giving us. When we're content, we just, we're just happy. It just, you know, we're just happy with what we have. Who you are and where you are. That's contentment. I'm content. You see, contentment is a Christian grace that grows over time. Like I said, I wasn't born like this. It has grown over time because I chose to work on it. If you want, like I said a couple of weeks ago, if you want a six pack, you ain't going to go to the gym and sit and watch the guys working hard and come out with your six pack. No. If you want a six pack, my Matthew will show you how and my Paul. <laughs> you know, it's like, mommy, how much protein is in that thing? <laughs> I'm just like, chicken is expensive, son. <laughs> it's important. You can't not have protein if you want to build your muscle. And also, you can eat too much protein if you're not working out. You ain't going to get your six-pack. So, we need to work at this. Come with me. Philippians 4.12. Paul says, I have learned to be content Whatever the circumstances. Back to school. We're going to learn how to be content. Because it's a good, solid place to be. I promise you. Paul says, I learn. And how did he learn? He talks about sometimes he had a lot. Other times he had nothing. But he says in times when he had nothing, he discovered the secret of being content. 
and once again the kind of contentment is it's it, you know it's great gain because it, it talks about that you know this is great gain why because the satisfaction is based on not the gift but the giver we're looking at the giver again and again and again i'm talking to my brothers and sisters in the lord in christ so we're looking at the giver over and over again it's great gain why because he's the one who has it all and he owns it all and he will give it to us and so it doesn't mean the absence of desire please don't get me wrong we can't get so content sometimes it's like okay we get chilled up chilled up so much we fall off and then we forget to do stuff no no it doesn't mean the absence of desire okay we can desire we can we can have dreams but we've got to be content. Sometimes we're just like too quick that we can't even pause and enjoy in a moment what God has given us because we're constantly looking for more, more, more. It doesn't satisfy us. The only person who satisfies us is God. So we can be in this content place and then dream big. We want to be out of this building. We want to have our own place. Yes, yes, but we're content because it's nice and warm and we're not, the wind is not blowing in and the rain is not coming and, and we're not being persecuted from, you know, you go places where they can't even worship. So we look for the good, but we wish for the, you know, we hope for the better and the best and the excellence. Otherwise, it turns into strife and perfection, which we can never achieve. So contentment is a good one. So we can accept the present and still wish for a better future. Contentment only means to be at peace with the present, not complacent. Okay, so we can dream. We can dream and we can, we, we can want and desire good things, but we're content. Now I want to... Okay, God. Here's one thing I want to say, and I want to pause here and say, look... Today, we want to get rid of some lies. I spoke into a few people and they say things like, oh, remember my husband says Rita would always see the, cup, the glass half full, not half empty. And some people say to me, oh, well, uh, I'd rather see it half empty because then, you know, I lower my expectations and then when it doesn't happen, um, I wouldn't be so disappointed. Now, that's one of the biggest lies on the planet. We've got to get rid of it. Because we, we literally run with that narrative. Oh, I'm going for that job interview. Well, you know, I'd rather think if I don't get it, then, if, then at least if I don't get it, it wouldn't hurt. Really? It's like saying to me, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to slap me. And so I'm just going to say it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. And then when they slap me, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it will hurt. I have never seen anybody go for a job interview and they didn't get it and because they were thinking negative and they didn't get it, didn't hurt. That's a lie. You still be feeling rejected. It's rejection. That lie. Holy Spirit, deliver us from that lie. Because today I would rather we think positive and we look at Jesus and we think of all the amazing things he is giving us instead of just focusing on the negative and going, oh, well, at least if it doesn't happen, it wouldn't hurt. It will hurt. It still hurts when you're rejected. 
But at least when you're rejected, you can just say, thank you, Jesus, because one door has closed and another one would open because I know that you hold my life and you hold my future and I'm, and my destiny is bound with you. So it's not about this job. It's about the next door that you're going to open. So you don't go into depression, but you'll be able to lift yourself up and just go, it's your loss. You didn't give me that job. The next company is going to be so blessed to have me in that job. Come on. Now, that is not saying you have a big head. That is saying you believe what God says about you. Okay, I'm going to stop. But before, I know. <laughs> because I'm sensing, you see, I have to stop when God says stop. So, now I want us to look at the scientific health benefits of being grateful and being thankful and living this lifestyle. I want you when you go home, have something to put into practice and just go this week, I'm going to see a shift in my atmosphere. I'm going to see a shift. Depression be gone in Jesus name. Anxiety be gone in Jesus name. And the way to do it is not to go for the medication cupboard. The way to do it is to look unto Jesus. What does Philippians 4 say again? It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, listen, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when we can't sleep at night, instead of counting sheep, we can start counting our blessing. And I promise you, it works. It works. It works. So we've got to put it into practice and we're going to come back and tell each other, guess what? It works. It works. Okay. So, <laughs> health benefits of being thankful. This is where the research... Oh, glasses. This is where the research blew me away. I mean, this was... UCLA, and this is one of the big universities um, in America, so University of California in Los Angeles, and it's a big, you know, research. And, and when I was looking, literally, when I was reading, there's so many. We could be here till Christmas if I told you, but this is just a little one. Research shows that practicing gratitude 15 minutes a day, five days a week for at least six weeks can enhance mental wellness and possibly promote a lasting chance, a, last, a lasting change in perspective. So I know it's true because I've worked on this like more than 15 minutes a day, five days a week. It's become my, it's second nature. I promise you, when you come to me and you tell me the worst story on the planet, like my husband said, it's a bomb site. I'm going to find something in there. I literally, it is so good for your heart. It's so good for your soul. It's so good for your body. Okay, this is what research says. So let's try this. And here are the health benefits. I'm not going to read all of it, but just a few. Huh. Taking time to be thankful may reduce depression, lessen anxiety, support heart health, 
relieves stress, improves sleep. I've already talked about this and I've given you scriptural references. When people say to me, how can you be a scientist and a Christian? It's easy peasy. Why? Because being a scientist, okay, all I'm doing is I'm just understanding how God created the earth and how he formed man. Literally, if I buy my car and suddenly I know how to maneuver it, suddenly I don't become the manufacturer of the car just because I know how it functions. Jesus, God created you in his image and his likeness. And so if we want to know how to fix stuff, here. We need to consume, devour this thing. And ask the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the ability to be able to munch this and devour it and understand it. Because then we're going to be writing scientific papers. I'm loving my sister just nodding. I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is experiential, I'm telling you. And so I want us to do this. And this is what it does. So we're going to rise because it's time to put this into practice. <laughs> there's fun in the room. There's freedom. I really sense it already. You know, anxiety, stress. God is shifting it. You're worried. I don't know what you're going into tomorrow to work for. Uh, and, you know, whatever business you're in, whatever whatever is ahead of you I want us to change the dynamics can you play can you play on there yeah please and you know as we had worshipped today the presence of God has been here he's been ministering to us through the worship we've shifted our focus on him but now I want us to do something before we even go into thanking him as I've been speaking if the Spirit of God just, you remember that this is not a time for condemnation. This is all about conviction because the Holy Spirit comes in and he convicts us because he wants to bring change. So as I've been speaking, if anything came to mind where you thought, hmm, I haven't done this. Or either you have done it but haven't done it enough. Or there's been times when the shift has gone from Jesus to the problem. I want us all to just just say sorry to God in your own words and you just create this beautiful altar around you it's not about your neighbor remember this freedom that we get it's your freedom when it brings freedom to you then it goes to the world from you would you begin to say sorry to God because remember, it's, it's not the sin that is an issue. It's the unconfessed sin. And the Bible says when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. So Lord, I'm sorry for times when I've forgotten this key principle. Father, I'm sorry for the times when I've looked at the mountain and I have screamed out and I just want to stay in my bed and put the duvet back on my bed and not go out. I'm sorry, Lord. And as we do this individually, I want us to do this corporately as well as a church.
you know, just say, sorry, God, for the times when we haven't prayed enough and worshipped enough and, and sought your face, Lord. He's here. His grace abounds to cleanse and to heal and to bring freedom, 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 freedom. He's setting us free from the lies of the enemy. For some of you, I, I, I think that the loudest voice you hear is the enemy's voice which says, nothing good is going to happen. The breakthrough is not coming. And I just want to read the scripture for you. I think this applies to a few of you. And the scripture is just continue to speak to God. He wants to hear you. He wants to hear your voice. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Cry out to Him. Father, we're just doing this act of repentance individually and also corporately as a church. Thank you, Jesus. Father, bring a cleansing. Thank you that there's room at the cross. If you want to come to the front, if you want to kneel, do whatever. Just respond. I, I knew this message was going to be for each of us. So, you know, unique for each of us. So your experience will be very different from mine. And for the ones who are listening to the lies of Satan, the whispers of Satan. I want the loudest voice you hear now. Psalm 84, 11. No good thing would he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 84, 11. That's your verse. That's your scripture. No good thing would he withhold from you. So even as I was reading that out, I'm saying to you and in your situation, if it hasn't happened yet, then it's not good for you yet because the Bible says no good thing would he withhold from you. So receive that in your spirit and let the freedom happen. No good thing would you withhold from us, Lord. No good thing would you withhold from us, Lord. And off the back of that, begin to thank Him. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as we continue to wait on the Lord and minister here, I'm just going to say uh, goodbye to those uh, watching online. Uh, you've been given some homework this week, so have a week of uh, thankfulness. And uh, thank you so much for watching us and tuning in and being with us online this week. God bless you. And bye-bye. Uh,